Hello, hello. Assalamu alaikum. Happy Friday and welcome back to the Empowered Muslimah podcast. Before I get started, I want to take the time to give you guys a huge, huge thank you for your kind words and all your support. I'm going to be honest, I was not expecting the amount of positive feedback and encouragement that I received after my last episode. And not just from people I know personally, like my friends and family, though shout out to you guys. I love you guys so much. Thank you. Just the fact that I was able to reach people I've never met was such an indescribable feeling. My heart, it just feels so full and grateful and happy. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. I know I was more than a little bit nervous and shaky, especially for the first half of that episode. And to be honest, I was really overthinking it. Like, should I post it? Should I not? You know, I was worried it would basically turn people off before getting to the real stuff, like halfway through when I kind of got in the groove. <laughs> but all the love from you guys has really inspired me and renewed my motivation. And it also really reminded me why I started in the first place, which is to help other Muslims and myself in the process learn to use Islam as a lens to view the world, to experience the journey of growth and self-improvement, and to be empowered. <laughs> And if anything I talk about helps even one person, then I've done my job. And I'll continue to do it if Allah wills. So thank you for sticking with me. This is a process. And I really want to illustrate the whole grow with me concept I envisioned when I was starting out. You know, mashallah about a coffee. There are so many podcasters out there that are amazing and sound like naturals right off the bat. But not everyone starts off at the same level, regardless of whether it's with a podcast or any other venture or journey that you embark on. And that's completely 100% okay. No matter what topic it is that I talk about, I want you guys to keep that in mind as well. After all, what matters at the end of the day? Effort! So that was a little pre-episode motivation for you. And now on to today's topic. This topic is especially relevant now, what with COVID and everything, has been for the last year, but I think it always has been and always will be for as long as humanity is a thing, and that is uncertainty, or rather holding on to faith in times of uncertainty. In some way, shape, or form, we have all come across this little guy, or big guy, yeah, big guy, <laughs> but before I go any further, I would like to preface this by saying that I am not a mental health professional in any capacity, and anxiety is a very real mental illness. And if you need help, I urge you to speak to a professional because they're there for the sole purpose of helping you. You know, anytime I mention anxiety in this episode, I'm talking about it in the in the sense of situational anxiety, you know, that can be changed with shifting your thought processes or, you know, your outlook, your mindset. But of course it's not always easy. And regardless of whether you have an anxiety disorder or just feel a little anxious from time to time, it's not something you have to go through alone, I promise. So if you do have anxiety, girl, do what you gotta do. I see you, my heart's with you, Allah's with you, and please know that you are never alone. The last thing I want is for how I talk about anxiety or, you know, now or at any point to sound like I'm lessening the magnitude of what people with anxiety experience. And I'm one of those people, just FYI. I absolutely am one of those people. I have anxiety. My therapist told me so. (laughs) But if it ever does sound like that, please, please, please reach out to me. That is the last thing I want. Absolutely 100%. Last thing. So with that being said, let's get into today's topic. Uncertainty. Uncertainty can come about as a big, huge kaboom in our lives as a result of some drastic occurrence or change, much like the pandemic was last year and still is, or it can be a slow burn. 
you know, something we live with and worry about on a daily basis. And for a lot of people, it's both at varying levels, but one way or another, both. As human beings, we spend a lot of time dwelling on the future, you know, whether it be out of fear or excitement or, again, both. As children, we were excited to grow up and be one of the big kids. (laughs) And then as teenagers, we anticipated gaining all the freedoms that would come with adulthood. If I had the sparkly emojis, I'd put it on either end of that word. You know, all those freedoms we look forward to with little to no regard to the responsibilities that would follow as well. And now as adults, depending on where you're at, we look forward to starting out in our careers, going up whatever ladder in whatever endeavor we've decided to delve into. And then ultimately we work. We work with the promise of retiring and living out the rest of our days happily and comfortably. Now, with this mentality, it can be very easy to hold on to how we anticipate what tomorrow will look like for us and even feel entitled to a certain future. And if it doesn't happen, we can become bitter or be so wrapped up in the future that we miss out on the joy and blessings right here in front of us in the present. On the flip side, humans also worry a lot about the potential bad awaiting us in our futures, you know, potential pain, hurt, loss, fear, whatever it may be. And that comes with a whole lot of what ifing. What if things go bad? What if I fail? What if I never ever find a partner who will love me like I want to be loved? What if I don't get the job? What if I end up being a terrible parent? Yeah, what if, what if, what if? <laughs> Sometimes it just feels personally like I might choke and die from my own what thing. It is a real problem, but I'm working on it, and you should too. Work on it together, inshallah. But when we get down to it, all of this just goes to say that uncertainty is human nature. In the Quran, I believe it's Ayah 19 of Surah Al-Ma'idah, where Allah says, Indeed, mankind was created anxious. The Arabic word for anxious here is halu'an, and I've seen it translated as anxious, uh, impatient, and one more, I'm forgetting. Uh, for this purpose, both anxious and impatient kind of work, because if you're anxious about the future, you're impatiently waiting for it to hurry up and get on over here so we can just know what's going to happen. So clearly, we as humans deeply desire knowing things. <laughs> And that's understandable, you know, because there's comfort in knowing. We feel like we're in control and like we're secure. We're ready for whatever will come our way. That's why we like to check the weather so we can prepare for it rather than running around trying to look for an umbrella or jacket when you're already late next morning. Or make sure we have as good of an idea as possible for what stocks to invest in to get the bang for our buck. You know, that definitely feels like a big thing these days. Um, having insurance, whether it's car insurance or life insurance or health insurance or whatever, or even going to get an ultrasound to figure out the gender of your baby months before they're born. And here I would like to pause and make a note that A, taking steps to assure certainty is not a bad thing. Like in the examples I just gave, that was just to illustrate how much of a factor uncertainty plays in some of the most common choices we make as humans. Does not equal bad though. And B, Planning for your future is encouraged, and it's very different from being so preoccupied with the future that it ruins your present. Because either way, it's something we're going to face as we live our lives, and that you can be certain of. You know, because uncertainty is deeply, 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 deeply intertwined in the existence of all things living, and therefore entirely unavoidable. So what do you do when you can't get rid of something? 
You learn to cope. You learn to live with it. And how do we do that? A pretty good way is, wait for it, adjusting your mindset. (laughs) For those of you who listened to my last episode, I'm sure you're like, oh Lord, that word again. And to you, I say yes, that word again. We're only on part two of this little mindset series. Of how many? Who knows? Certainly not me. It all comes back around to mindset, how you perceive things to be. And in this case, the inevitable uncertainty that comes with living. Our perceptions deeply affect how we view the world. You know, what we focus on, how we make sense of the events of our lives unfolding before us, the choices we make. And these perceptions are formed on the basis of our core beliefs. And these beliefs can be about anything and everything, uncertainty included. So if we fear and feel anxious due to uncertainty in any area of our lives, it can alter how we see the world and it can have us laying low, tiptoeing through life, avoiding this obstacle and that issue and basically making it difficult to just live and not be bogged down by things that are out of our control in the process. Meanwhile, if you see the potential that that uncertainty can possibly hold, well, now that just makes things a little more exciting, right? little spicy. (laughs) That was just scary. I'm sorry. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so basically, uncertainty isn't necessarily bad. It's how we look at it that gives it that positive or negative value. On another note, when we're uncertain, how do we feel? We're kind of stressed, right? We're on high alert, our brain and body kick up into overdrive, and we become hypervigilant and not complacent. So in healthy amounts, it can be argued that that uncertainty, that stress we feel when we don't know what's coming next is a good thing because it's in moments when you're not complacent where all the action happens in your life. You make those important decisions. Now, when that spills into outright overwhelm, you've got a problem. But other than that, anything that has yet to become or happen just means there's a lot that could. And that goes for anything. Blank page, empty chair unoccupied bathroom, (laughs) room, I meant to say room, oh my god, okay, take two, you know what, cut that out entirely, (sighs) my point is, the best thing about any vacant space is the world of possibilities it holds, and your future holds the greatest vacant space of them all, a story just waiting to be written, man, that could have been such a mic drop moment, but instead, you get an added blooper, you're welcome. Just kidding. (laughs) Anyway, wait, but on that note, though, there's this quote by Rumi. I hope you know who that is. That goes, when we have nothing left but God, we discover that God is enough. You know, at the end of the day, there's only two things you can be certain of. That there is a God who created everything and death. No one can argue that we're all going to die eventually. It's just a fact of life. Muslim or non-Muslim, you can't cheat death. Embracing the fact that despite having control over certain things like our actions and words, other things are entirely out of our control. Allah is the only one who has that kind of power over everything. We can only control ourselves, that's it. We can't control others, you know, what other people do, how they hold themselves, whatever. We can't control the weather. We can't control anything about our future, really. I mean, how many times have you absolutely been sure that you know how your life's going to unfold even over the next couple of months? You know, back in my last semester of college in spring 2020, I thought I knew exactly how the semester was going to go. 
I was going to get all A's in my classes and go crazy with my friends after our finals about how we finally did it. And then we were going to walk the stage and wave at our families and friends in the crowd as we accepted our diplomas. But did that happen? No. Did we know COVID was going to come in and flip the metaphorical table of our plans in the blink of an eye? No. Instead, we had a Zoom graduation that I slept through. (laughs) Definitely did not feel like I graduated. But alhamdulillah, everything happens for a reason. And honestly, my time in quarantine has definitely opened my eyes to a lot that otherwise would not have come to my attention if I just went about life as I was before. But I digress. Our fear or any negative emotion we may feel towards the unknown really just comes back to control or rather accepting that we don't have complete control. And as Muslims, we have to constantly remind ourselves that our entire religion is based on surrendering control, on submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Islam is a way of life. It doesn't just consist of prayer or making dua. And so those principles that underlie actions such as prayer, where you're literally falling down in submission to Allah and saying, my Lord, I'm here, or making dua where you're like, Allah, I'm asking you for this because I have no one left to turn to, or I know you're the only one who can give me what I need. Those principles should be dictating our entire lives. We always have to be in a state of surrender. That's the very essence of our faith. And ironically enough, the more you surrender and acknowledge the fact that you don't have complete control over everything, the freer you feel because that's that much less of things you have to be responsible for. So feeling lighter and not having to answer for more than you do? I don't know about you, but I'd say that's a win-win. Alhamdulillah. (laughs) It is important to note, though, that having faith does not take away your pain, your stress, your anxiety, your grief. It doesn't eliminate any of it. It doesn't mean you don't feel those things at all. Rather, it gives you a method of coping with those things so you can make it out onto the other side. Now you might say, well, I hear these stories of people finding inner peace and never worrying. But that, my friends, is what we call ihsan, perfection. Even those who claim to have constant inner peace probably mean like 90% of the time or some equally high number that is not 100%. Because even the Prophet ﷺ felt emotions people prefer to call negative, like anger or fear or sadness at varying points in his life. And he's about as close to perfection as a human will ever get. So, hold on to Allah and you will get to where you need to be the moment he wills it, inshallah. (laughs) So... When all is said and done, how can we learn to embrace uncertainty? I got three tips for you. Numero uno, know that you're not alone. In life, most, if not all, tests we take are ones we have to go through alone, be it in school or, I don't know, some sort of continuing education thing for work. I don't know. But this test of life is not like that. We have the ability to ask for help from people and especially Allah. And it's not a matter of we can, but rather a matter of we should. Allah wants us to turn to him, to his book, to the teachings of his prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, for answers. You know, for answers, for guidance, for lessons, anything we might need. Granted, we are going to be held accountable in the next life individually. But until then, we have what you can think of as a limitless cheat sheet. We have the entire world and all that it has to offer to tap into, to use, and get through life the way we're meant to. Now. Given that we have this leg up in the test of life that we don't usually get in other circumstances, what it does require more than anything is patience. Patience and trust. Allah is the best of planners, and he's basically got every single answer key out there. And given that, he will reveal the answers whenever and however he deems fit. 
but in time, he will reveal them nevertheless. It's not a matter of whether he'll do it, just a matter of when. So, patience, grasshopper. Oh my god, perfect time. Okay, I don't know if it's okay to say you have a favorite ayah in the Quran, because I do. And if it's not okay, then it is a preferred ayah. Because this is the ayah I see comfort in and kind of remind myself of constantly when things are hard. It's ayah 153 from Surah Al-Baqarah. And I'll read the Arabic first, mainly because I actually have it memorized. <laughs> and then I'll translate. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا استعينوا بالصبر والصلاة إن الله مع الصابرين صدق الله العظيم So this ayah roughly translates to O believers, seek help in patience and prayer. Indeed, Allah is with the patient. I'm so happy the opportunity to bring this ayah came up so organically. I'm always bringing it up. Whenever my family and I are sitting for what we try to make our daily halaqahs in the evenings, and that ayah or some variation is brought up, my mom always looks up at me and goes, Hey, look, that's Sarah's favorite ayah, before she continues to read it. As far as people associating things with you goes, it's not bad. (laughs) Anyway, number two, take stock of that which you can and cannot control. Literally, take out a piece of paper and make a line right through the middle so you've got two columns. Label one as what I can control and the other as what I cannot control. And then set a timer for 10 minutes and just write. You can be super specific and say, I can't control what my brother spends money on in the cannot control column. Or as be as general as you want. That was a pretty bad example. Try to think of things that are immediate, relevant, and important to you. Unless your brother's spending habits are of the utmost importance to you at the moment. <laughs> In all seriousness, though, the point of this exercise is not only to clarify what lies within and out of your control, but also to see that there will be things to write in both columns. And if anything, that should serve as a reminder, not only that we need to calm down and not be arrogant and assume we can control everything, but also not lose hope and feel like we have zero control over things in our lives. The very fact that we are the only creation that can use our intellect and free will to choose how to live shows that. Therefore, we must never, ever lose hope. And finally, number three, use your resources. Allah has blessed us with a countless number of blessings. Use them. They can be both of the Islamic variety or psychological slash physical. Let me give you some examples of each. First, Islamic. The first one right off the bat for Islamic is pray your daily prayers. Another is read Quran daily, even if it's just a couple of ayat. A third, do your morning and evening athkar. And if anyone needs access to these, I'm including a link in the show notes for you to use. Uh, Another can be tahajjud. Nighttime, when everyone is asleep and it feels like it truly is just you and Allah, is one of the best times to ask Allah for what you need. Prayers done at this time are magical. Like It literally feels otherworldly, in my opinion. If you never have, try it. If you find yourself waking up in the middle of the night for no reason, just try getting up because you're awake anyway. Get up, make wudu, and pray to rakat. That's it. And if that's even too much, you can start just by raising your hands while you're still in bed and talking to him. It doesn't have to be hard. The more you try it, the more benefit you reap, but even a little will go a long way. Try it tonight. See how it goes. Uh, Another suggestion is make dua. This can be done in your own words or specific du'as mentioned in the Quran and Sunnah specifically targeted towards alleviating you know, anxiety or fear of uncertainty or lack of control. 
I'll also include a link for some of these in the show notes, but here are a few short ones. So first one right off the bat, لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله, which means there is no change in condition or power except with Allah. Another is إني مغلوب فانتصر. This is actually an ayah, so this is found in the Quran, Surah 54, Ayah 10. And it translates to, indeed, I'm overpowered, so help me. And a third was found in a hadith reported in Abu Dawood. And it goes like this. Abu Bakr an reported that the Prophet wasallam said, The supplication of the distressed is, Allahumma rahmatika arju fala takilni ila nafsi tarfata'in wa aslihli shatni kullahu la ilaha illa ant. And this translates to, O oh Allah, it is your mercy that I hope for. So do not leave me in charge of my affairs even for a blink of an eye and rectify for me all of my affairs. None has the right to be worshipped except you. That one's pretty powerful. That one is one I have used and will continue to use because <laughs> I feel like that's very encompassing. And I just really, really like how it says, do not leave me in charge of my affairs even for a blink of an eye. So basically like, Allah, please have my back. And he always does. He does have your back. So those were some suggestions for Islamic resources to tap into. And now for psychological, you've got one, spending time in nature and reflecting on the miracles found around us. Two, keep a gratitude journal. I personally like to list at least three things at the end of each day as specific to the day as possible before bed. It just, it gets your thoughts on paper and helps you recount and really think about the positive, you know, shift through the negative because a lot of people, myself included, have a tendency to harp on the negative, Um, but we really should be paying more attention to the positive and it helps you do that. So definitely uh, encourage that one. Another one is move your body. This can be done at the gym, on the treadmill at home nobody seems to use, jogging, uh, or even just walking around the park, doing yoga, whatever. At this point, everyone knows how deep the connection between staying physically active and improved mental health is, so get your booty up and just do it. (laughs) And a last one is spend time with loved ones and engage in either light conversations or have full-blown intellectually stimulating conversations. Up to you. So those are the tips I have for you. To wrap up, I will bid you adieu with not one, but three questions to reflect on for the week, or rather for the next couple of weeks. Y'all have time, you can handle it. (laughs) So whenever you're feeling particularly vulnerable to the fear of the unknown, ask yourself these questions. One, what does my uncertainty feel like? Be as specific as possible here. Naming your emotions can significantly help you work through them. Question two, what are my natural coping strategies for dealing with uncertainty as I am right now? Think about this on a subconscious level. You know, the strategies you use when you aren't consciously dealing with uncertainty. Walk through times you felt the most uncertain and recall how you handled the situations in that moment. You might have picked up your coping mechanisms from your childhood, so think back as far as possible. And finally, number three, how can I use uncertainty as a reason to live my absolute best life? Uncertainty can be an excuse to worry and just avoid everything so you don't have to deal with any potential negative consequences, or it can be an opportunity to live your most beautiful life. How can you use the uncertainty you're currently facing as a reason to live your best life? And that's it. I hope today's episode was beneficial for you guys. If you have any feedback, I'd love to hear it. Please feel free to DM me on Instagram at TheEmpoweredMuslimah or email me at TheEmpoweredMuslimahPod at gmail.com. If you're loving the content so far, go ahead and hit subscribe on whatever app you're listening on. 
The Empowered Muslima is currently on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Uh, and I believe if you're on Apple Podcasts, you automatically get added to other major podcast apps like Overwatch and such. So whatever you're listening on, subscribe, and you'll be the first to be notified when a new episode drops. Until next time, my loves, stay safe, stay sane, and keep on trucking. I believe in you. You've got this. Keep on trucking. Texan and me really just jumped out, huh? We out here.